What is going on, Freedom Pack family? A happy Monday to you all. It is the start of the week. We have another episode for you yet again. It is time to get after it. Let's turn these dreams into reality. Today on the show, we have one of our most demanded guests ever. So, for all of you that follow us on Instagram or interact with us via email, we always ask, who do you guys want on the show? And the amount of times in which people have responded to our Instagram stories on the Freedom Pact or have emailed us with this guy's name is insane. Today, we are joined by the hardcore closer himself, it's Ryan Stuman. Ryan is a six times best-selling author, a regular contributor to sites like Forbes, Entrepreneur, The Huffington Post, The Good Life Project. Ryan started his sales journey when he was 13. Like, that is just so crazy to think about, being 13 and being depended upon to sell. Ever since then, this guy's story is just crazy. Ryan built himself up to become a millionaire. Then he spent time in and out of prison. He lost everything. But once lucky, twice as good. Ryan then came back more fired up and has gained everything back and much more. Ryan is now the CEO of HardcoreCloser.com, which is an online resource for salespeople. They have way more than 2 million in gross sales every year. Before we jump into this, could I just ask you for a favor that would honestly mean the world to me? So we love delivering great content and interacting and helping everyone that reaches out to us. So if you could leave us a rating and a review on iTunes, it would help us so much to grow the show and to attract the best guests. I'd really appreciate it. So back to today's episode. On today's show, we have a man that Brian Katzen described hiring Ryan as a mentor and as a coach to his business as the single best decision that he had ever made for his organization. So without any further ado, Ryan Stuman, welcome to the Freedom Pact. What's up, Joe? I'm excited, man. We're going international today. You know what I'm talking about? We are all the way around. We're going global. We're officially global. This is a global podcast. How's that feel, man? Man, it feels it feels so amazing. <laughs> so we've been pumped for this one for a while. So if we look at your story, we've gone from car wash records. We've gone to success as a mortgage broker to being prolific as an author and you know you're doing these great things with sales records sales courses so my question to you would be why do you succeed ryan when so many other people out there fail uh i i i have two reasons you know that's a very good question and uh i can tell you it's just two reasons number one is i work really hard 
I'm willing to do shit for free and for cheap that most people aren't in the beginning so that I can charge whatever the hell I want in the end. And the second part of that is, so first I'm willing to do the work. The second part is like, I don't quit. You know, like that's, that's everybody's problem. It's like they put in a little work and they expect to get rewarded immediately. And I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people. And for me, I know that the work that I do today is not going to pay me for a year, right? The, the conversation, this podcast, the work that we're putting in right now, it may not lead to anything for a year, sometimes two years. I have blog posts that I wrote in 2014 that still make money every day. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, but I, it's because I have put in the time and I knew that the time that blog post in 2014, when nobody read my shit, you know, but I still did it anyway for free and put in the time because here I am now that people know me, they go find the blog posts and they, they buy stuff every day, phone sites and some of the other stuff I sell. So those two things, you know, are, are the big determining factors I think that have, have allowed me to, uh, seemingly always have success it's not always but but seemingly win more than i lose i guess so why do you think that people are in fact quitting these days is it is it a desire problem yeah, well i think it's a comparison problem you know it's like you you and, and man i suffered this myself i'll just be honest like you know i'm what they call new money I, i've been making good money since 2005 but i've had it lost it a few times you know and and uh, I first became a millionaire back in 2005, so it's almost 15 years ago. Uh, but hell, I've given it away three times since then. And I think, you know, what happens, and, and so the reason why I say that is because I've been through what I'm about to share with you guys. I'm, I'm not sharing it to judge you guys. I'm sharing it from personal experience, just so you understand where my heart is on this. So, you know, you're out, like, for me, exact, in 2012, I had just had my my oldest son, and I had to move in with my in-laws so that I could grow my business. I needed to live rent-free for about six months so I could grow my business and save a couple thousand dollars a month to run ads. And I'm over here, you know, making, you know, five, six thousand dollars a month, spending every bit of it on my business. I'm like walking back and forth to the gym every day trying to save gas money so that I got make sure I got food on my kids' plates and stuff like that. And man, you can log into like Instagram or Facebook and all of a sudden all these people that really ain't don't have any track record or really any past success or all of a sudden pimping out Lamborghinis and speaking on stages and all that. And dude, it was hard for me because, you know, I'm comparing myself to these people. And, and a lot of that, as you know, these days is not what it seems anyway. But, you know, a lot of people, they think, well, this dude's already got this area locked down, so I'm not going to compete in that area. Or that's already been done, so I'm not going to do it. You know, imagine if GM would have said that. Like, oh, Ford's already making cars. We shouldn't make them. Imagine if Lamborghini said that, like, Ferrari's already making cars. We shouldn't make them. But that's what a lot of people do. And so they see themselves at making $500, $1,000 a week or whatever it is that they're making. And they see these guys like me with all these cars and houses and trips and all this other stuff making good money. And they just give up. They're like, oh, I guess I can't be that. But what what they didn't see, because now they know me. What they didn't know was for the 23 years that I've been hustling, you know what I mean? The 23 years I've been on the come up, you you know me now, but you didn't see me when I was in the same place that you were. And when you compare yourself to other people, oftentimes they'll just talk themselves out of, they'll, they'll feel inadequate and quit, you know? Do you think that a problem, as you just said, there, is that people are comparing, maybe they're chapter one, they're chapter two, like you were so early in the hustle, to people that are at the end of the book? Do you think that that's a major problem today? 
Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of that is you got to look at age. You know, uh, I see these kids and I say kids, I, I'm, I'm 40, so I'm not that old, but I'm old enough. And I see these guys, 19, 20, 21, 22, buying Lamborghinis, man. And, and I try to talk to them, but they don't listen to me, you know, and they're like, well, you own them. It's like, yeah, but I'm, I'm 40. I bought a lot of other things first before I bought them, you know, and, and I still like these kids are going in there paying cash for these cars or getting them on swap lease and spending three or four grand a month that that three or four grand a month that they're spending for a car at 21, 22 years old is three, four, five million dollars when they're my age. Mm. They could have put that dollar to work for 20 years. Like even if let's just do some simple math, even if that dollar is a minimum wage earner, right? That's all it does. And it works for minimum wage. Let me pull up my calculator here. So that's in the US, that's 750 an hour times 40 hours. That's $300 a week, 52 weeks times 300. Okay, that's $15,600. Even if that $1, right, not the 3,000, just one of those dollars made minimum wage labor working 40 hours a week over the course of 20 years times 20, that's $312,000 per $1 that they're spending. So if they're spending three, $3,000 a month on a car right now or 100 200 grand in cash to buy these cars they're literally robbing themselves out of five six seven eight nine ten million dollars when they're my age you know it's it's so interesting because i completely agree that this instagram generation is tricking people into thinking that they should be more successful at at, at different stages of their journey that they should be happier than what they are you know, and it's so interesting because right now I'm looking to you and, you know, and again, I see, you know, the amazing cars and the lifestyle and everything. And I would just love to know, you know, if we just strip all that away and say, okay, for authenticity purposes and just so our audience can really get a feel, what major failures have you had to go through to get to where you are now? Ha! Um, well... When I was seven years old, I was adopted. So that meant about four years old, my dad like left and never came back. My mom remarried and my stepdad adopted me. This guy was not a very good communicator. His answer for most things was screaming, yelling, and occasionally violence. <clears throat> and I can remember three or four times, uh, you know, where I was, I was hurt severely. He blew the blood capsule in my eye one time from choking me out behind the car wash when I was about 14. I wasn't old enough to drive yet. Uh, one time he chased me and was kicking me in my bed, and I jumped out the second story of the window and broke my wrist. I still have a six-inch rod in my wrist today. So that, that was the kind of, like, the last time I talked to him, he was trying to get some other guy to kick my ass because he couldn't do it anymore. That's the kind of, like, family I grew up with, you know? And then, then it, like most troubled kids that had been adopted and shit like that, I turned to drugs and, you know, abuse and adoption. I turned to drugs. Drugs turned to prison. I got out of prison. I did, you know, time in prison for drugs, like two years almost, like I think 18 months or so, and then got out, got a job back at the car wash with my abusive stepdad because I thought that would be the only person that would, like, take me back. He had me convinced that I was fucking useless and my only lot in life was if I just washed cars, which kind of makes sense because that's all he knew. So my goal was just to, like, I had worked at this car wash since I was eight years old selling car washes, so my goal was just to work my ass off and own the damn thing. That's, a, again, the hard work thing that we talked about in the beginning. Uh, during that, somebody noticed me. 
and offered me a job, right? I worked there for, for two years outside of prison and I got offered a job in banking. Uh, from banking, I, I quit the job at the car wash. The lady was a closer. She said, well, you can quit your salary job here at the car wash. It wasn't salary. It was an hourly job. Or you can come work for me and possibly become a millionaire. If it fails, they'll take you back at the car wash. And I'm like, all right, yeah, good point. And so within like maybe a, a couple weeks of working there, I made like eight grand. And then within like a month and a half, I had made almost 30 grand in commissions working there. And I had no clue what the hell I was doing. By 2005, I had 773,000 gross income working for somebody, right? And in, in 2000, about the middle of 2005, the police thought I was selling drugs again and they kicked in my door. I was, I was living in a, not a fancy house, but a, a, like a 3,000 square foot home. And, but we, we entertained people and I had a lot of people stopping by paying rent and picking up mortgage applications. I worked from home still. I didn't go to the office much. But anyway, I didn't have any drugs, but they found two guns in my house. One belonged to my roommate. One belonged to that abusive stepdad. But I ended up taking the bid for it because I had a picture of me holding it. And in all reality, it was my in my possession, I guess, even though I went home and they kicked the door in. But long story short, they sent me back to prison for 15 months. While I was in there, my wife divorced me, took everything that I had from me. I came out of prison 11 years ago with about $25 to my name. And I had to move back in with my fucking parents who I really can't stand. Right. And got my shit together, got a job back in the mortgage business, got to where I was making a couple hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year. 2010 Obama passes a law called the Dodd-Frank Act here in America. It said that if you're doing finance and you're a felon, you can no longer obtain a license. I was obviously doing finance and a felon. So I fell into that category. That was their answer to the subprime meltdown as if all the felons did it. It wasn't the felons. It was the bankers. But anyway, uh, so boom, I only know two things, washing cars and mortgages. And now I'm definitely not going to go back and wash cars. I've tasted the good life. And, you know, luckily I had a friend that came to me and he's like, dude, you really killed it in mortgages. Why don't you just teach people how to do what you did? And I didn't think that people would pay for that. But after some time and working on social media and really getting things down, I've, I've built a hell of a business. Mostly now our clients aren't loan officers or real estate agents. They're uh, mostly business owners, but I've, I've built a, you know, a, a multiple eight figure empire uh, now because of just sticking to it and working on this online industry. I own a software company, an asset management company, a coaching company, a sales training company. Uh, I own a, a huge marketing brand called Build Your Empire. And, and you know, life is good. But when when we have a little saying here in our office, it's, it's FYE, which stands for fuck your excuses. Because when you talk about setbacks, I just gave you like the cliff notes of some of the most tragic shit that you can imagine outside of like cancer, rape and and shit like that, right? But yet here I, I still am, you know, despite all that, being a family man, showing up for my kids. Today's my oldest son's eighth birthday, showing up for my kids, showing up for my wife, helping thousands, if not millions of people around the world see the the ways of the force of average and level up their life. So the way that I look at it is that those struggles were actually triumphs because I beat those motherfuckers, right? I'm 40 and oh, I got 40 years on this planet where I whipped everything's ass that's ever come against me, dude. And I'm really proud of that. And I want other people listening to know that however old you are right now, yeah, you're, you're still winning too because it hadn't stopped you yet. As long as we're alive, we're still winning because we still have the ability to do whatever. I just saw a meme the other day where this kid was standing on the karate mat with an uh, oxygen tank behind him, man. It's just, it's all in your mind if you got the will to win as long as you're alive you still got the opportunity to do so the people which reach out to us so much are the people which say 
I feel lost, I feel hopeless, I feel depressed, my finances are in the gutter, my health is, you know, in a terrible, terrible way. So my question to you would be, is there... Is there a reason? Is there a character trait? Or just how do you keep bouncing back? Like, what do you tell yourself? What's the process for bouncing back from devastation? Just to keep moving. You know, uh, you think about like Navy SEALs, man. They got to go into action and kill somebody and then come back and act like nothing happened. And they can't tell nobody. They can't talk about it. They got to act like nothing happened. And I just kind of adopted that same mindset where like, dude, the shit just happened. There's nothing I can do about it. I just got to keep moving forward, you know? And so many people, they're like, oh man, that was devastational. I'm going to stop. That's it for me. And and I just look at it as like, hey, that was just a, a bump in the road. I'm over it now so I can keep going. If I were to ask you to the person that's listening to this now, that as we just said, I mean, they could be in a place of desperation in their lives. They could literally be at the bottom, lost, depressed, hopeless, any of these things, what would you say, how would you advise them to turn their life around? Well, so I got tired. If you listen to that story, I told you about, you know, going to prison, coming out, becoming a millionaire, going to prison, coming out, becoming successful in mortgages, losing your license, turning around, becoming a millionaire again, right? So there's, if you catch the rhythm of that story, there's lots of ups and downs. You know, it's it's not a, a flat line story. It was like, well, this happened and boom, we're still here. And so it got me, you know, once you lose things a few times, Joe, you you realize what, what you, you don't want to lose anymore. You know, for me, I, I lost love. I lost a wife. I lost a family. You know, uh, uh, my dad split. Uh, and, and I don't talk to any of them anymore. Right. So, you know, I got tired of these like ups and downs. I wanted to get the things that I wanted in my life. And this isn't about to be some secret woo woo shit. Just bear with me. Right. But I wanted to get some, some consistent love in my life. I'm remarried. I wanted a wife that, that, you know, would be with me for life, ride or die. Right. I wanted to be the dad that I never had. I wanted to, my family, they're all out of shape. I wanted to be the first person that's in shape in my family. Right. I wanted all these things, but I wanted to keep it. I wanted to get in shape and stay there. I didn't want to become, you know, one day, I'm, one month I'm fat and the next month I'm ripped. I wanted to get there and stay there. I wanted to get in my finances and stay a millionaire. I want to get somewhere and get planted. So I got tired of this thing, t- like ups and downs. And so I, I, I came up with this concept, which is perfect for your show because this changes lives. And it's called the force of average. I have this friend here in, in Dallas, Texas that manages a hedge fund. This isn't your normal hedge fund. This hedge fund is all artificial intelligence. It crawls stock exchanges all day and makes trades faster than anybody else without thinking, without emotion, without anything, and they make huge returns. If you go inside their office, there are huge servers. And in each one of these servers, which cost millions of dollars each, by the way, the actual government rents the internet from them. And these huge servers, and in these servers, and this is what really made me think of this this concept, in these servers, there's these blue blinking lights. And these blue blinking lights are in each one of these black servers. And so if you can imagine, like you've seen Google and Amazon and all those server rooms with those big, you know, look like uh, filing cabinets with these blue blinking lights all in them. And I asked him one day, I was like, hey, what's up with the blue blinking lights? What does that mean? He said, those are each the robots. 
That means that we know that they're functioning correctly. And it got me to thinking, those robots don't know they're not alive. They're artificial intelligence, but it's intelligence nonetheless. They don't know that they're living on a server. For all they know, they're living in another world, reading stock market papers. I don't know what they think. But who's to say that the same thing's not happening here? But here's what I do know. Inside those artificial intelligence servers, there has to be an algorithm that's, that guides them in order to you know, think through and intelligently make the right trades so that the hedge fund can trust them with billions of dollars. And so it got me to thinking, like, that's probably the way that it works on this planet, whether we realize it or not, on Earth. It's like we're this blue planet in the middle of this black space, outer space. So we got that in common with us. And there's got to be some sort of algorithm on this planet. And I got to thinking even more, and it's Newton's universal law. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And in my life, I realized that every time I had an, uh, an action – and it might be goodness to become a, a millionaire or whatever. There was an equal and opposite reaction. In my case, it might be incarceration or divorce. And I realized that there's this algorithm on the planet that I call the force of average. Because here's the thing. If, you, if you're going to have an algorithm, it's got to be run on something called the medium, right? Like the average. And so if you think about it, everything in America specifically is measured on the average. The average income per capita Right. The average amount of family members, the average lifespan, the average male, the average female, the average black guy, the average white guy, the average foreigner. Like, right. So it's like everything's based on average. When you get in school, they average your grades. Right. You get your your six week average in school. And so everything on this planet is designed to keep you average. And when you choose to break away from average, there becomes massive struggle and massive strife against you, which causes most people to quit, fold, and go back to being average because it's awfully comfortable to be average or below average. That might sound crazy because people struggle with financial problems and stuff like that, but it's actually awfully rewarding to be average. Let's say the average person in the US, and I don't know, makes $100,000 a year, right? The average family, I mean, makes $100,000 a year. Nobody's starving there. It's pretty comfortable. You've got a secure job. You're taking care of your kids. You're putting food on the table. Yeah, you're not living in yachts and, and donating millions of dollars to philanthropy to help underprivileged kids, but you're, you're living a pretty average life. If you're a little below average, there's social programs that will help pay for your stuff. There's churches and neighborhoods that will come together to help you get your uh, stuff together. And, and so it's, it's awfully comfortable to be average, right? And so for me, I don't want to be average, but I also don't want to be below average. So I got to understand that if I'm going to fight this algorithm and go against the grain, because listen, it's just like I live in Dallas, Texas. Okay. We're big, we're big football people here. And let's say that there is a, a kid from China that is a foreign exchange student in one of the schools here. We'll call it Allen, Texas. Allen, Texas is a major football city, major football city, like huge school, number one in the nation, right up the street from us here. Well, this Chinese exchange student wants to go to Allen because they have the best math program as well. And the only thing is, if he's going to stay here in America and be able to go on to college, then he must get perfect grades. And in order for his family to stay here with him, he has to get perfect grades as well. So every day, every test, every homework, he aces it. Well, we got a couple of football players. And think about this scenario. We got a couple of football players that are about to fail. And they're starters. And they're and we are a football town. We're not a math town. 
and they go into the class and the teacher says, we're going to give you guys a grading curve. And everybody's putting all this pressure on the Asian guy, on the Chinese guy to fail the math test. But he's got bigger goals than that. He's got to get his family here. He's got to get a perfect score if he's going to go on to college in the U.S. And so he goes ahead and he, he gets the perfect score. And the two football players, they don't get to play for the season. They're out for the next six weeks. They take the Asian guy behind the, the barn and beat the hell out of him. He ruined their football season because he was trying to be the best version of himself possible. You see, that's, that's how the force of average works. Anytime when you try to become the great thing that you were designed to be, it wants to take you out back and whip your ass, right? I start finding myself financially free. It took me out into prison and whipped my ass, right? And so I got to where I wanted to stop this. I wanted to stop these ups and downs. I wanted to fight these equal and opposite reactions, or at least if I created the right actions, the right reactions would happen. And that's when I came up with this concept to be great. We call it the G-code. And it's a daily routine that I'll explain to you over the next few minutes. It's very simple to follow and it's life changing. But here's the thing. I'm a very simple person. I'm just a dude from Texas. And when I say life changing, it's the simple things in life that change your life. Complex things don't change your life. You guys are always out there looking for some freaking complex secret to life. And I'm telling you, complex things don't work because your subconscious and your conscious can't understand and comprehend the complex you have to have it simple. But here's the trick from the force of average. The force of average would have you discount simplicity because if it was that easy, everybody would do it. But the truth is, it is that easy. Most people just choose not to do it. So following the G-code works like this. There's four areas of your life that you must win in every single day. You see, the force of average has one job, and that job is to distract you. The way to fight the force of average is to be focused. The thing to focus on is this G-code routine on a daily basis. And G-code, think of it as like if we're in an algorithm, it's not like the G-code is in like gangsters or whatever. It's the code to greatness as if there's a copy and paste code that you can put in this algorithm for your life that will take you to the next level. I'm living proof of it, ladies and gentlemen. So first thing is G1. Your genetics, or I'm sorry, your grateful mindset. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here. G1 is the gratitude, right? You have to have a grateful mindset. You see, people are always out here preaching about work-life balance. Here's the thing, fuck work-life balance. You know what we need a balance between first before we try to balance anything else out? The balance between being grateful and happy for what we have while still in pursuit of what's next. And so the way that we work on our gratitude is first thing in the morning, not Five minutes after you wake up, not 30 seconds after you wake up, the second you wake up, you roll over and you write down five things that you're grateful for. You can write them on a piece of paper in Evernote. We have an app that's coming out soon that you'll be able to use. But you write down five things you're grateful for. Here's the reason why. First thing in the morning, the force of average is coming for your ass, right? You're going to get an email from a pissed off client overnight. You're going to have a, an employee that doesn't show up to work. You're going to have an account that got drunk and canceled. You're going to have shit hit you in the face, and it's designed to give you a bad day to have, I'm not a morning person. I haven't had my coffee, all this stuff. You wake up first thing in the morning and force your conscious mind to find five things that you are grateful for. It starts to change your life after about six months. It really does. It's a daily practice. If you miss a day, you got to start all over. But it is a daily practice that changes your life. Why? Because the first thing you wake up every morning, you just wake up grateful. The G2 is your genetics, right? We got to work on our body. You make all the money in the world, folks. But if you got to give it back to some doctor because you didn't take care of yourself, 
right? You have, if you got to be a millionaire, but you have to get your foot cut off because you got diabetes or you can't go and, and, and ride in a regular airplane because you're overweight, right? This is a big problem in America, right? Like the people get money and then they just give up on everything else. They think money solves those problems. It doesn't. You have to work on your genetics too. So the second thing, after I wake up and I write down the five things that I'm grateful for, I make sure that I drink some water, right? Because you need to hydrate first thing in the morning. And then I go to the gym. And I'm not in the gym to be average. I'm in the gym to be great. I have a personal trainer. I push that shit to the max at 40 years old. I'm 13% body fat and I'm in pretty damn good shape for a 20-year-old, let alone a 40-year-old because I'm in pursuit of my genetics. I don't have a crazy diet. I just don't eat a whole hamburger. I eat a half of one. I don't eat four pieces of pizza. I eat two. I don't eat 10 tacos. I eat one or two. I don't go out and binge drink. I don't eat a bunch of sweets and candy. I don't, I'm not overly disciplined. I'm just conscious of how many calories I'm taking versus how many I'm burning every day because that's the math. G3 is your grind. That's your job, right? You got to get on your grind every day. And the key is focus. For me, I run my life by a schedule. That's how I stay focused at work. We have a saying here in my office, 48-7. I get two days worth of work done every single day, seven days a week because I'm super focused. There will be days where I knock out two blog posts, an article in four, 15 videos, three or four podcasts. Like it, I, I know how to focus and stay on task. I'm not scrolling the news feed and Facebook. I'm not hanging out on Instagram. I am in here focused, making moves. I'm working tonight till 1030. My schedule's jam packed all day long until 1030 PM tonight. And then I got a call I got to make on the way home. The last G, which I think is the most important G4 is your group, the group of people that are around you. If you got the right group of people in your life, they're not going to let you be overweight. If you got the right group of people in your life, they're not going to let you be poor. If you got the right group of people in your life, like, listen, there's a friend and family. They might love you enough to let you be you. We got to love people enough to make them want to be more. If not, they're just falling victims to the force of average. And so at the end of the day, every day on that same piece of paper that you wrote five things down for, at the end of the day, you write down everywhere you won. Where did you win in your genetics today? Did you stick to your diet? Did you work out? Right? Where did you win in your grind today? Right? Did you make some money on your job? Did you make a new introduction? Did you close a deal? Did you set up a new sales funnel? Who did you focus your time on? You write that down, right? Because a group is important. That's G4. Who? What one person? Like once a week, my wife and I do date night. Right. Once a week, me and the kids hang out, me and the boys just by myself. Right. At least once a month, I make an effort to put my friends together and get us all together. Right. Because I'm making the effort. If you want good friends, you got to be a great friend. If you want a good wife, you got to be a great husband. If you want good kids, you got to be a great father. We got to give more than we expect to get, ladies and gentlemen. And then lastly, I write down the lesson that I learned for the day. Right. What is the lesson that I learned today? And dude, at any given moment, that's it. I go to sleep after that. It's the last thing I do before the end of the day. At any given moment, if I'm having a bad day, I can go back and I can look through my notebook and I can see all the times that I've won. I can see all the people that I've focused on. I can see all the lessons I've learned. I can remind myself how badass I am so that I can stay focused and fight that force of average I was talking about. You say that we're all born without limitations. If we follow your g4 principle if we take this today and we put this into action is this the start of the process for us optimizing our full potential it absolutely 
I believe that, you know, religion has been trying to tell us this stuff for a long time, but they, they, they make it complex because that's what people need to believe. There's some sort of cryptic complex thing. And I'm like, dude, it's really only four things. If you read the, the religious books or if you pay attention to any gurus, it's really only four things you need to, to really focus on, but you got to focus on them daily. <clears throat> but I'm telling you, you could go back and look at my page two years ago versus who I am now. I'm not the same person. And two years from now, I won't be the same person I am now because I'm striving for greatness. It sort of reminds me of what Tony Robbins says in Awaken the Giant Within, where he says, everybody seeks the complex, but in fact, complexity is the enemy of execution. So do you aim to simplify like everything in your life? Yeah, absolutely. Even the software I sell is a simplified way to build a website. Like, that's just what I am. I look at things and I'm like, how can we make this easier? Because I need stuff to be easier for me, you know? If you could go back now and you could hypothetically start all over again, or maybe even give yourself advice to a to a, a younger Ryan, is there anything you would do or is there anything you would say differently? Man, I get asked that a lot. I always give the same answer. And it's this, it's, I would just go back and I'd be like, man, you're going to go through some really tough times, but keep, keep going. It gets better, a lot better. Wow. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. I think if I change something, people wouldn't resonate with me as much. They would say, well, you know, this guy had this, or he's got this, or he's this, but like, dude, I'm not intellectually talented. I'm not athletically talented. I've just pushed myself. I pushed myself to read books. While I was in prison, I could have watched soap operas all day, but I read books. While I was, you know, I could have easily a long time ago gave up on working out, but I've been consistently in the gym for 21 years now. You know, I, I hate it. <laughs> I was there this morning at 5.30 a.m. I'm not a fan of it, but I do it because that's what it takes to make it out here. There's a quote of yours which I absolutely love. The quote goes as follows. Whether you realize it or not, we are all motivated by something. Once you discover your true motivation, you can use that energy to get everything that you want in life. So why don't more people know what their motivation is or even what drives them to get out of bed? And what steps can we take to finding ours? That is a great question, man. And that's one of my, my favorite, my quotes too. I really believe that. And about a week ago, I was doing a training with a, a friend of mine. Her name is Forbes Riley. And she goes, uh, let's play a game. I'm like, all right. She goes, we're going to play the, what do you want game? And you can't say the same answer twice. And you can't say, I don't know. Let's go. What do you want? And I was like money. She goes, okay, what do you want? Said, Time. Okay, what do you want? Love. Okay, what do you want? And she just kept on going. She's like, that's not enough. Keep going. It's not enough. She kept she's trying to get me to go deeper until I went, I want to matter. She goes, there we go. Right? It was about 20 minutes later, but it, you know, it's finally, you know, there we go. And that's what drives me. I want to matter to people. You know, I, I want people to say, Ryan Stuman changed my life. I went through so much hell. I want it to matter. I want that hell to not be for nothing. I don't want the pain and suffering of abuse and incarceration and divorce to be for nothing, right? I want to matter to people. I want people to look at me and go, if that fucking guy can do it, I'm destined for greatness. 
right? That and and but that wasn't always my fuel. That's my fuel now. See, I have this theory. We got to fuel and then refuel. So I got fast cars, right? If you want to drive them fast for a little while, they're going to run out of gas pretty damn quick. So you're going to have to go get more gas if you're going to keep going, right? Well, our journey is a lot like that too. My original fuel was proven every motherfucker that ever called me a loser wrong. Every person that ever wished for my failure wrong. And then guess what? At some point I had worked enough to where I looked back and hell, they were all wrong. And so I didn't have any more fuel. I was out of gas. So I had to find more fuel. I go looking for the, the, the gas station. But fortunately for me at that time in my life, it was like being in West Texas in the middle of the freeway where it's 85 miles an hour and the nearest gas station is 100 miles. That was how my life felt. I didn't know where to get this fuel from. I wasn't mad anymore. That, 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 that madness fueled me to be a multimillionaire. That anger fueled me to be a multimillionaire. I wasn't mad anymore. I was, I was full of love and happy. They say money and alcohol magnify who you are. Turns out I'm not an asshole. <laughs> I just was broke. <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, I, I, I realized my purpose was to help people. Right. But that wasn't enough. But man, just last week, I realized that new fuel that I've been running on, I found new fuel, but now that new purpose is like, I want to matter to people. Right. I want all the stuff that I've been through to be able to be the catalyst that somebody hears this story today on this podcast and goes, dude, I'm changing my life because of that guy. So do you think that we find our purpose or do we develop it? Do we create it? I think it's there all along. We just don't listen to it. We're never still and meditate. It's the purpose of meditation so that we're still for a minute, right? We never, we're, 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 we're never still to listen to our thoughts. And most people, they take ADHD medication, they drink alcohol, they smoke weed and all that. And it's fine, dude, I'm not knocking it. Do what you're going to do. I'm not going to judge you and stuff for that. But you're, you're taking all that shit because you're trying to keep that voice quiet. Dude, I drink. Right. I might occasionally smoke reefer when I'm in Vegas or California. It's legal there. Uh, and, and I don't take ADHD medication, but, I, but what I'm saying is you have to understand that you also have to have time where you listen to that voice. Most people, that voice is talking to you. It's going, Hey man, you're a banker and you should be a preacher and you'd be a rich preacher like Joel Osteen because you're good. And they're going, ah, oh, nah, hell I'm a banker. And they go drink more vodka. You know, and it's it's there all along. At some point, you're going to have to be quiet and listen because it's there. The voice in the back of your head is there. It's so interesting talking to you. And what I love is how you have rewired, you have reframed these events which you've gone through. Of almost every single interview which we've done on this podcast, and there's a common theme which we consistently see where people... They have a negative event, a negative setback. In some cases, it's complete devastation. Their wives die of cancer. They get limbs blown off. But they rewire their brains to to say, okay, I've just lost a limb, but I'm a doctor, and now patients will resonate with me more. I'll be more empathetic. What I love so much about your story is how you have taken devastation and you have used it as fuel. And is that what your message would be to the, again, there seems a theme in this episode. We, we, we are speaking to those people that are in that place of desperation. Is that what you would say that, that it does get better if you take that time to craft your own motivation and you can escape that law of averages? Dude, again, that leads back to focus, right? When you know, 
what you're looking for. You get focused on it. I, I remember the first time I bought like a nice car. It was a, a Maserati. Now, this was only 2016. I drove like cheap cars all the way up until just three years ago, guys. I was I was making money. I wasn't worried about enjoying that money yet, right? I was still planting seeds. And so I'd never seen a Maserati on the road before. I mean, maybe one or two, but I never really seen one. Dude, all of a sudden I'm driving this car and hell, it seems like every other car is a Maserati all of a sudden. Nothing had changed. They were around me the whole time. The difference was now all of a sudden I'm focused on it. And I've been divorced three damn times, but I, I want to be married. That's a part of who I am. That's what I want to do. I want to raise a family. So I got clear on who I wanted to raise a family with. And I'm talking about super detail. And I didn't settle until I found that person. But guess what? I had something to focus on and then I found it. Did you always have the belief that, and I imagine as a, as a salesman, as a as a lover, as a human being, you, you would have had to have had this, this belief that there is abundance, that if you take the time, if you develop yourself, if you follow the process, that there is an abundance of health, wealth, love, and happiness out there for you. Is, is that a belief what you have? Dude, everything that we're playing a video game here, man, and everything that we need to get to the next level is right in front of us. Some people just choose to jump off the freaking bridge and kill their character, you know? But, dude, all the tools to escape the room, all the tools to get to the next level are all right here in front of us. You just got to shift your focus on finding the reasons to level up versus finding reasons to stay the same or level off. My first question to you was why do you succeed when, you know, so many other people fail? I'd just love to just pull this thread a bit more because I just feel as if there just may be some, some other character traits. Are, are there any character traits, any specific beliefs which have really enabled you in your life? Man, I'm going to go back to those two things like hard work and, and refusing to quit. You know, those are the two character traits, man. And, and I know how I got them. My, my stepdad was like ruthless and, uh, and working at that car wash, man, he was just ruthless on me, dude. He just did not like me, man. And, and I learned that I had to work hard to keep from getting my ass kicked. And man, that's a good metaphor for life. You know, as we are a show rooted in action taken, do you have a challenge for us and for our audience, which we can do today? Yeah. Follow that G code process for the next 90 days every single day without relent and you will have a different mindset in 90 days you'll have more wins and you'll and dude i'm telling you just follow that for 90 days it'll change your life you are a six times best-selling author are there any books which have greatly impacted your life oh yeah of course man i've read thousands literally thousands of books um you know the the number one book that changed my life in sales was the ultimate selling machine by chet holmes i think the the first book to ever really change my perspective on life was you know think and grow rich uh, which i read at a young age and uh, i think my favorite motivation book of all times is can't hurt me by david goggins so the penultimate question is, are there any rules that you love to break? 
Man, as a two-time felon, I just want any officers that might be listening to this, I mind the damn rules. Every single one of them, man. I mind, I mind the rules with my taxes. I mind, I probably pay more taxes than I should. I just want to be free. I don't break any rules if anybody's listening that matters. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe any societal norms? <laughs> you know, I probably... Uh, I probably break the rules of how much you should sleep. You know, I, I operate pretty good on about five or six hours of sleep consistently for years now without an alarm. And uh, that's that's probably a rule breaker for, for some. I occasionally get to take a nap, but maybe once a month. But, dude, I just somehow I'm just lucky that I'm blessed with enough energy to keep rolling. Our last question to you, Ryan, is... In a, in a scenario in which every person is tuned into the same frequency and you get the opportunity to give a short but impactful message to the world, what would Ryan Stuman's message be? Oh, I travel the world teaching the force of average every day, man. That's the message. You're not going to get a better message. If you like, for those of you that get that, that don't discount it and don't discredit it. Like for those of you that get that, like that's, that changes the game for everybody that, that gets it. Ryan, where can our freedom pact family connect with you? Uh, yeah, the best place is first, you can go to my blog. I have tons of content over 2,500 blog posts. Uh, that I, I wrote almost all of them. And uh, the reason why I say almost is because we've recently, just within the last week, start letting other people that work for me write blogs there as well. Uh, but it's hardcorecloser.com. And uh, and then I'm at hardcorecloser on Instagram. That's the, the best place to follow, find, DM, whatever. Ryan, this has been an absolute pleasure. There's been so much great content in this I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for letting me share my story and hopefully inspire your audience a little bit.